Welcome to Not The Way I Planned. I'm Carly Cash, and if you've ever found yourself thinking, this is not the way I thought my life would turn out, you've come to the right place. Each week we'll have inspiring interviews, plus tips and tricks to living your best life, even if it's not the life you planned. Welcome to this edition of Not The Way I Planned. Today we've got a very cool father-son duo and they have created an incredible foundation called I Love This Life. Their names are Thor and Luke Swenson. Thank you guys so much for being a part of the podcast today. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. So I want to start at the beginning. How did I Love This Life come to be, and what does it mean to you guys? So I Love This Life originally started back, oh, I would say what? five or six years ago, mm-hmm. and it originally started for me having to create my grandfather's eulogy video, and I had chosen a song by a band named Low Cash called Best Eaten House, and as time went on, my dad saw me download more and more of their music, and my dad had found out that they were doing a concert down here in Boise in October, and then I actually got to go up on stage and introduce them for the song I Love This Life. Yeah, they were really welcoming to you and embraced you, and I think that they were really touched. I think that Lokash was really touched that their song had inspired you so much, you know, just being a young kid and seeing the impact that their music had on you, I think, really was touching to them. Yeah, no doubt. But then after, after that concert on the car ride home, we were stuck in construction traffic, and I had told my dad that I wanted to do something more with the name I Love This Life. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, that was, that was going to be pretty hard since the band owned that name to that song. And I remember he, my dad had gotten in contact with who was their record label, Reviver Records. And he had said, we're on board entirely. So whatever you want to do with it, go ahead. Hmm. So that's how I Love This Life really started. But it actually started out as a clothing company. And then two years after that, we had met with the previous mayor of Boise, Dave Beter, and he had asked if I wanted to switch more into the bullying and teen suicide side of things. And that was a pretty big leap from cancer fundraising, which is what I originally did with racing and things like that. So it was, again, funny on a car ride home. That's how we came up with most of our ideas. Uh-huh. Uh, I said, or actually this is, more of a collaboration between my dad and I's idea that we wanted to start a 501c3 nonprofit called the I Love This Life Foundation. So, me, being the smart person that I am, decided to found <laughs> it in Boise since I knew if we had founded it here, we would have to come down here four times every quarter. So, that it was founded here. I had written all the paperwork to get it started. And then, when we left after getting the foundation up and running. Uh, my dad had gotten a phone call from a girl's mom, and she had seen that I did some stuff now with bullying and teen suicide. And my dad had asked, well, before the end of that call, uh, my dad had asked, tell me more about your daughter. And it was silence for a long while. Hmm. And then she started crying, saying her daughter was in the ICU. She had just attempted suicide. And that little girl so, was how old? She was 
fifth grade. Fifth grade. So so shocking. Like you don't you don't yeah. even think about your fifth grader being at risk for something like that. I didn't think about that as a parent. You know, you you hear about teenagers, and that's yeah. horribly tragic in and of itself. But we have unfortunately in our society seen kids younger and younger be in such a dark place that they're going to this spot and wanting to take their own lives. That's, that's pretty humbling that we're just in that, you know, kind of a tragic place with, with mental illness in our world today. Yeah, definitely. Um, but going on with that, I had asked, um, what time did she get out of the hospital? My dad came out with the phone and he told me the story. Yeah. And she said he would get out, she would get out, would say Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I said, we need to be there that Saturday morning, the day she gets out to see her. <laughs> so I remember we drove all night to get down there that day and we would spend time with her family and talk to her about it. And then on, again, a car ride home, uh, I had told my dad that we need to do something to get to kids like her. Yeah. Before that kind of thing happened. So that's actually where the journal was created. My 52 week interactive journal called Create Your Great. That's how that all got started. And that's really sent the foundation into a snowball of success. So, so Luke, you were how old when this started? When the foundation started? I was 11. 11 years old. And you decided yeah. to come up with this journal called Create Your Great that you divvied out to kids at schools and it encouraged them to do what so it encouraged them to through or through the hard times they're going through to write stuff down mm-hmm. because many of the things we got back from parents when they actually did write stuff down was that they never knew right so yeah. it got them talking to their parents about things that they probably would have never talked about before and just kept bottled up right now thor luke had gone through some difficult times in his young life that had kind of probably made him a little bit more resilient and stronger. And he knew some of this tough stuff himself that I think put him in a good position to connect with other kids. What were some tough things that, that your family went through, if you don't mind talking about that? Yeah. You know, well, you know, obviously Luke was born here in Boise in 05. And his mom and I had decided that, you know, maybe before he started kindergarten, it'd be a good idea to move back to Montana where I was from, uh, kind of a slower pace. Mm-hmm. just an easier life. You know, Boise at that time had just been going crazy, gross spurt stuff. And uh, my folks were in Great Falls, and we thought it would be important that, you know, we had a good relationship with his grandparents. And and as that plan went through, um, not too far after we moved back, his mom and I uh, divorced. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a good divorce. It hasn't been a good divorce. And I think, um, you know, so many people go through that, and they're – kids get stuck in the middle. Yeah. Um, and so, so the thing about Luke now is when he, when he travels the country and speaks to these kids at assemblies and all these functions is that I guess the sad part where I look at it, he's, he's already has an incredible connection with almost 50% of those kids because they're in the same position, right? They've gone through a, a family breakup or, mm-hmm. or something like that. And the home life isn't as good as it could be in solid as as parents, I mean, that's where I have, you know, always felt that I failed him was I, I just didn't know that world, and that never was the plan, and, and we, we made the best of it. We got him through, but, you know, unfortunately, we went completely different paths. So 
what Luke and I did on our time together um, didn't mirror what he and his mom did on their time together. So we had two very separate, you know, every other weekend was completely separate. He was either racing cars when he was with me or, you know, whatever he would do with his mom. It was never really a combination, which, which at, at this stage in life, now that he's 16, when I look back, could we have worked harder on something? Sure. Um, but I asked myself, would I have changed it now? And I say no, because I see the impact he's having on kids. And the reason he has the impact is, is his life, his young life. Yes. Um, you know, so, so super blessed the way he came, turned out and, and the work that he does and his passion for these kids is, I mean, I, I true, I've never seen it before. And, and, you know, we'll go back to that journal a little bit about that. So for Luke, and I think anybody that goes through a divorce like that, the kids have strong parents on both sides. They have strong grandparents. That's great. But they've got to find somebody to look up to that inspires them or something. Um, and I think that's one thing Luke really hammers home in all of his work is like, who, who has inspired you? Who has inspired you to do the things that you've done? And as you know, and our, our history and, and, we can all choose to be humble, but um, you and Rick and Ziz and Rich um, very early on um, were able to connect him to Chris and Preston from Locash, who truly have changed his life. Uh, as we go down that path during his race days, the reason he learned to raise money for pediatric cancer and, and help kids was because of Brian Scott, who's a retired NASCAR driver that fortunately lives in Boise, so he's close. Um, there are so many people down the line that have inspired this kid to just be who he is, and who he is is a, is a kid that wants to help others who have struggled. Um, and it's just been amazing to see and watch the growth. And like he said, the foundation now has really, really turned a corner. I would have never in a million years believed that it would be at the point it is and has touched, and has touched as many kids as he's touched. Um, it's just, I mean, it's just phenomenal. It is really incredible. So he started, you know, handing out the Create Your Great journals and inspiring kids to turn to writing when they were going through tough stuff and get their feelings out. But he also started talking to kids on stage, you know, going into schools and doing assemblies and and talking to these kids what what has been part of your message luke or can you highlight some of the things that you talk to the kids about yeah so um we obviously we go through the main racing story uh Mm -hmm. just to show where it starts uh we have the pink shoe story which i bring up a lot which touches a lot of people as they've gone through something similar um we bring up the story of sarah the six-year-old girl who was in the itu and then we, I touch on my grandfather a bit to show the impact that he had on me. And then that's, that's really the main story we go over, but it's more of how they can make themselves better. And that, that's our main goal with the assembly. So. Well, and I think that, at least this has been my perspective as a parent, and Thor, tell me if you're different, but I think it's very common for parents to want this idealistic life for their kid, right? You don't want to watch your kid go through anything tough or painful. And we tend to see trials like losing grandpa to cancer or divorce or um, tough financial times or whatever it may be. 
as a real negative. And really, not that we, not that you wish that upon anybody. You don't wish tough stuff. But I've really seen with my own kids as they have gone through divorce or other um, tough things in their life, even if it's been not making a team or, you know, not performing so well in whatever sport they were involved in. It's disappointing, but it, at the same time, if they learn to be resilient and learn that it's not the end of the world and that it can actually turn into a positive, I think that's a really powerful message, you know, for kids to learn that it's not it's not just over. There's hope out there, and this can actually work to their good. Yeah, you know, I, 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 what I've witnessed when we travel the country and he speaks to these kids, you're exactly right. I mean, we all want what's best for our kids, but it's pretty amazing when they find that one thing that they know that they were they were put here to do. And, yeah. you know, Luke has presented his I, um, his Imagine Believe Achieve School Assembly to over 20,000 kids now. Wow. And the feedback that we get from parents and teachers and kids is incredible. And I'll tell you what's the best part about this for me as a parent when Luke was, he started, he did his, he did his very first speaking engagement when he was in seventh grade, mm-hmm. and it was here in Boise at the week, big week on event with you know a thousand people in the convention center. But just a year prior, as a sixth grader, he couldn't get in front of his class at school and do a minute and thirty impromptu speech. Really. And what's happened is because of this, because of the interaction with the kids and because of the story and because he's looked up to so many different people, he knew once he had to get his message out, all those fears, all those hard times of speaking in front of people just went away. And that's the most amazing thing to me. And the great part is the kids that see him perform now and the kids that really hear his message, they see the same thing, right? He has struggled just like every other kid that he's talking to. Mm-hmm. And that's really what has made this journey so incredible. And it's why he keeps growing. And I know we'll touch on camp here in a bit. Um, and we'll talk about the kids who are actually coming from out of state who will help um, at camp because they've been through similar things. And, and, his message is no matter how bad it is, no matter the situation uh, that you're in, whether it's divorce, whether it's mental illness, whether it's a physical illness, mm-hmm. there's a way to get through the day, be positive, and then really on the back end of that, help identify other kids that are struggling mm-hmm. and kind of help lift them up. That's been the most magical thing for me is to see the, the chain of events where now Kids who were really struggling are part of this program, and they're helping other kids to lift them up. Because that's the only way it's going to work, right? We can't be everywhere. Right. But the, but the message sure can, and there's a whole lot of kids that can do a lot of magical things, and that's what I would want parents to hear from me is that, you know what, no matter how bad it is, there's a way out and there's a way up. And it's just through some very simple messaging. Because if you look through Luke's stuff, he's not, uh, he's not solving world problems. He's found a way to get kids to talk about it and understand it and know that 
because their day's not as great as they want it to be. Heck, my days aren't as great as they want to be, right? Neither are yours. Right. And so there's a way for us to lift each other up and make sure everybody gets through. And then tomorrow can be as great a day as you want it to be. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to disagree with you, Thor. I think he is solving world problems. We have, he, he really is. Well, I don't want to give him that much credit. He's he, still 16. I don't want to give him that much credit. I know, but it begins with, with programs like this and it's kids connecting to other kids because I can be as open as I can possibly be with my kids. I can let them know that I'm there and it, I can't reach them the same way that another kid can. You know, right. I, I can't because I'm mom. And I think that kids connecting with kids is just more powerful than them. You know, it, it well, it's just powerful in a different way than them sitting down with a therapist. And I'm a big fan of therapy or talking to mom and dad. That's great. I think it's great for kids to have good conversations with their parents. But when they can really connect with another kid over something that just can be a game changer. And I know even with my own kids, my daughter, uh, she does competitive gymnastics. And she says, Mom, did you know like half the girls on my gymnastics team, their their parents are divorced too? And that was so huge for her because she didn't feel alone anymore. You know, and it wasn't me having a conversation. It was them at gym talking about like, oh, yeah, my dad has a new girlfriend too and I don't like her, you know, or yeah, my mom went on this date or whatever. Or, this is tough going back and forth. They could connect together um, in a way that I can't, I can't completely relate to or there's nothing that I can say that's going to connect in that same way, you know? Yeah, definitely. So you guys um, branched out from... I love this life. That's rolling and going and Luke speaking at schools and and changing lives. And then you started the hollow part of this and you came out with some really cool shoes. Talk about that leg of this journey. Yeah. So hollow originally started actually at one of my speaking engagements. Um, it was actually the speaking engagement at what was my middle school. Mm-hmm. So it was towards the end of that speech that I remember my dad had come out with news saying that a shoe company wanted me to make my own shoe line. (laughs) And so that's how Hola was created, uh, short for Hope and Love. And it's, well, now it's three pairs of shoes. Originally, the original two pairs, there's a pink and black high top pair, and there's a pink and white high top pair with an orange tongue, the orange tongue being in memory of my grandfather. And now the third pair is actually they're hand painted, and they each come with their own. They're all different. None of them are the same. Let's back up just real quick because we don't want to skip over the pink shoe idea of what really happened there. So when Luke was in fifth grade, I had a gal that worked for me um, that was battling breast cancer. And as Luke was racing and, and helping all these kids with cancer, it was amazing after races how parents would come down and he'd tell the stories and they say, well, gosh, my mom's battling this, or my dad's doing this, or my grandparents are you know, struggling with this. And so there became this bigger message around cancer in general uh, before his, his grandfather got sick. But this gal that worked for me, every Friday I would wear pink tennis shoes to work to the office. Mm-hmm. And it's just because I wanted to know I was thinking about her. And, and, you know, people that go through that, the last thing they want to hear is, how are you doing? How are you feeling today? Well, right. I'm not feeling worth a crap because I've got cancer and things aren't great. 
So I would wear these shoes every Friday, and when I walked in the door, she'd be like, okay, you know what? He's thinking about me, and if there's something I need, I can go to him and whatever. Well, Lucas wanted to do the same thing. Lucas wanted to wear pink shoes to school on Fridays in, you know, somewhat rural Montana. Um, I was like, yeah, let's go all in. And the first day that he did it, he, he got pushed around. He got, you know, called every name in the book for wearing pink shoes and, right. and whatever, right? So he came home, and you know, he had raised a ton of money for pediatric cancer to this point. And he's like, Dad, I just don't think I want to do it anymore. If, if this mm. is what happens when I want to try and support somebody, I just don't want to do this anymore. And so I said, hey, here's the deal. Here's the rule. Sleep on it. You're not going to make any decisions right now. You're going to sleep on it. You're going to think about all the kids you've helped. And if that doesn't outweigh the way you're getting treated at school, then okay, I'll be good with whatever you decide. Well, he woke up that next morning, and he said, I made a decision. I want you to try and find the brightest pink pair of shoes you can find, (laughs) and I'm going to keep wearing them. And so now every time he does a keynote speech or an assembly, he's in a suit and his pink shoes. Yep. And it obviously led to this opportunity with the live shoes, and the whole thing has just grown exponentially. But he really put it around that hope and love concept because when we download after doing a school assembly, the one thing, the one common message that comes back is, and it's the scariest part for me, is that there's so many of these kids that have just lost hope. And it doesn't, it can come from bullying, or it can come from mental illness, or it can come from a teacher they don't like, or it can come from struggles at home. Mm-hmm. But, at you know, from age 7 to 16, you shouldn't be losing hope. No, or even younger, 5th, 6th grade. Well, I don't, right? I don't yeah, know. They, if... just, they shouldn't even know that. They shouldn't even understand no. that you lose hope at that age. And no. So that's where the HOLO project and everything has come kind of full circle as just under, you know, another project under the I Love This Life Foundation. And it's been, the response has been amazing. So the shoes, the Holo shoes, do they benefit um, a certain organization if people purchase a pair, or are they just more to send a, the message of hope and love? So the, the Holos, Holo ones and twos, um, the proceeds, I think it's $32 a pair goes to, we shoot that off to, uh, to St. Jude. Mm-hmm. And that's really because that's where Luke got his start, right? That's right. when... The low cast guys loved him because he was doing, he was raising money for St. Jude, and that's a that's a charity so near and dear to the country music scene, and you know, so that so that's where that part goes. The hand painted ones um, was just a special kind of a one off, and we don't do a lot of those. Um, he's been encouraged to do a fourth pair, and I think the fourth pair is going to now go more towards. Um, the bullying side, the online bullying side, um, yeah. So just um, just a lot of just a lot of great stuff happening. Yeah, including a really cool camp that's launching this summer. Tell us about Camp Holo. Yeah, so Camp Holo is going to be three days up in uh, up in McCall, June twenty first to the twenty third, and. It's really going to be a place for kids to become the best that they can be, right? That's what we wanted to see, as we've seen from assemblies that they lose hope and things like that. We want them to be the best that they can possibly be when they leave that camp. So that's going to be its main goal. I think it's going to be really, really fun. We have water days set up. 
And there's obviously there's a ton of people coming from out of state to come help us. We have people like Max Damaris. Uh, we have some other people coming from Montana. We have Levy Jones, who's one of our good friends, coming from Washington. So it, it's going to be really fun. You know, this this is kind of what I was leaning towards early on. That we've got a kid coming from Montana to speak to these kids, who his junior year, no, excuse me, ninth grade year, played baseball that summer, mm-hmm. and went for the fall physical for his football season. Team doctors called his parents and said, Max is nearly blind in his left eye. And they're like, that can't be. He just finished baseball, and he ended up having a tumor that they had to remove and went through all the cycles of chemo and radiation and ended up having to take the eye because it was the only attached to the – could become part of the brain issue. And and – we had watched Max and had talked to him through this whole process, and you would never in a million years imagine anything was going wrong <laughs> and that anything was happening in this kid's life other than he just wanted to get back on the football field, the basketball court, and the baseball field, and that's all he wanted. And he worked so hard, lifted everybody up. So he's actually coming one of the days to speak to our kids at camp, um, oh, that's going to be great. To say, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter what's happening in your life. Yep. You can really succeed and thrive and be who you want to be. You know, we've we got some other kids coming like that. Uh, the cool part about Camp Polo is we are going to be in Ohio next year. We're going to be in Illinois next year. We're looking at two camps on the West Coast. And so what happens is where Luke has been to speak – now those folks are saying, hey, how do we get him back here to do camp? Because what a great touch for our kids when they're out of school to get lifted up, keep them on track, and get them ready for the next school year. Yeah. So now, it's been amazing. One really cool aspect about camp, and I don't know if, you're, if you'll be able to do this long term, but at least for this year, it is not something that costs parents to get their kids to camp, correct? Yes. Yeah, Lucas has fundraised enough to cover the costs, uh, not only of camp, but also transportation up and back, knowing that a camp on a Monday through a Wednesday would be difficult for parents to get their kids up there. Uh, we've got a big charter bus rented, um, and I will tell you, it will be that way for every camp he does. There'll, there'll never be a cost to parents. Wow. Um, I, as, as a parent, as a single parent, I mean, I get it. I know how hard it is when your kids are in sports and anything to do with travel, and there's so much of that now. Um, that's my commitment to Luke is that every camp polo he does, there will not be a cost. Wow. Um, we have some incredible partners, um, and I only see that growing, but you know, that's just one thing that I think is really, really important. There should never be a barrier for your kids to have a great opportunity like for something like this. Yeah, and I think it's it's just so amazing because obviously we've got a real mental health crisis going on in this country with more school shootings than ever, um, just all sorts of, of issues that start with kids and them losing that hope and getting into these bad places. And unfortunately, we haven't in a lot of areas been able to solve that that barrier of like okay there's programs out there to help kids or there's therapy or whatever but it it, i think that cost just sets people back so many times where they don't 
they don't get their kids into the, these programs because they just simply can't afford it. You know, so to have something like this that doesn't cost them money, incredible life changing blessing that could just, I mean, honestly, it could save lives. I don't know if you heard about this uh, story recently here, uh, but there was a school shooting in Rigby, Idaho. A sixth grade girl brought a gun to school and she shot a couple different students and the janitor. They were not, you know, fatal shots, but there was a math teacher that just saw the shooter and was able to get the gun away and just gave her a big hug and, and, kind of talked her down and she saw that this was a, this was a sixth grade girl that w- had lost hope you know and that was in this dark place but she wanted to let her know that this it didn't need to be like this you know she was obviously struggling and reaching out for help and you know I just think that programs like Camp Holo and Luke speaking you never know when that can divert a terrible situation like that and and literally save lives so I just think it's absolutely amazing what you guys are doing yeah thanks you know he launched something during he's launched something during the pandemic um it's called the holo project and it's so simple it's a it's a little necklace that he hand stamps holo on and it comes in a little ziploc bag and it it uh, has a card in there mm-hmm. and the card simply says this is for you in your time of need you know when you're struggling but when you're ready put it back in the envelope and give it to somebody else that's struggling, just so they know. Yep. Just so they know somebody cares. And, you know, I think we've got over 4,000 of those necklaces out around the country now. And, of course, so in awesome. true Luke spirit, um, once you have one, if you give it away, he's going to send you another one. Because, obviously, you did your job. You helped <laughs> somebody, right? You said, right. hey, I, can, I, noticed, I noticed that you could use a little pick me up or a lift or somebody to talk to. Uh, so here's, here's your necklace. Hopefully soon you'll be able to pass it along to somebody else. And I think about stories just like that girl in Rigby, right? What if somebody on the playground or in the cafeteria two days before noticed that she was struggling and just said, Hey, can I sit with you at lunch or do you want to join our little group at recess? Right. And, and so, during COVID now, it's been so hard because most of these kids don't have any outlet. And we've already talked about how 50% of them may or may not be struggling at home because of a divorce situation or whatever. Um, I think that's just, it's so critically important that there are more kids that start to help one another because that's the only way we're going to get through it. Yes, absolutely. And I'm really going to start helping kids to get better. Yeah, I'm really glad that you brought up the necklaces. My kids have those necklaces. Um, They've actually passed them along, and I didn't know they could get more. But um, they also, uh, my daughter's gymnastics team heard about it, and so they got some necklaces as well. And it just starts bit by bit, you know, just those little little acts can make a world of difference. Now, really quick on with uh, camp, with Camp Polo, you actually have a few spots left for kids, correct? Yes. We do. And how can they get involved if a parent says, you know what, my kid's struggling and this would be a really great fit? How can they get a hold of you and, and learn about camp? They can, uh, it's super simple. Just log on to www.campholo.org and there's a nomination form there. Okay. And it just, you know, gives a little, you put a little bio in and, and, uh, 
yeah, they just get, we'll get them registered and we'll get them all the information about the bus ride up. And the other cool part is um, because of an incredible local institution, Horizon Credit Union, they love Luke's shoe story so much that every camper is going to get to create their own pair of Holo 3s. Really? Oh, that's so our, awesome. our artists, our artists will have completed the right shoe, and then the kids at camp will get to design on a template what they want their left shoe to look like and use positive words or whatever it is that they're, they're, they're passionate about. And then we'll send those templates back. He'll design the left shoe, and about a month after camp, they'll, they'll get their pair of Holo 3s. That's really sweet. How are some other ways that if people want to get involved or learn more about the I Love This Life Foundation or um, the Holo Project, what are some other ways they can connect with you? Yeah, they could. Uh, both of our social medias, we post quite a bit. Uh, mine on Instagram or my dad's on Facebook. Uh, there's the website, www.ilovethislife.org. They can go there and learn quite a bit about the foundation. That, that's where all of our info is. And... That that would really be the main ways to learn about it. Obviously, if they see it, if they see the fan driving around Boise, yeah, they've if got we're this big somewhere. They can always come and ask. Yeah, uh, it's a big, colorful we'll van, so you can't it. you can't miss the van, the I love this life van. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> we love that. Well, anything else that you guys would like to tell people that are listening today about I love this life or what you guys are doing? From a from a strictly single parent side. Um, you know, believe in these kids, have them reach out. I mean, I think the coolest thing every, every, every few weeks, Luke is on a call for, could be up to a couple hours of kids that he's talked to at school assemblies. He's always willing to give out his cell phone. Um, you know, they just, they just need somebody or something in their life to look up to. And they all they all want to be in a better place. They all want to do great. And I think it's hard at times. You know, I, I struggled early on as a single dad. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Yep. And, you know, fortunately for me, Luke kind of found his path. And, and I've just been able to help nurture it and encourage him and support him any way that I can to, to, to watch it grow and to watch him grow. But I think it's hard. I think as single parents, we get frustrated and we just don't know what to do and Unfortunately, the easiest thing is to give them an iPad or an Xbox or, or something like that, and, and you know that doesn't help the problem at all. Yeah. Um, and, and they're not broken. These kids are absolutely not broken. That little girl in Rigby, she's not broken. Yeah, and I think, just, I think that's she needs somebody to talk to. such a powerful message because I think there's such a negative stigma around mental illness or therapy, and these kids are not crazy or broken or wrong. I think that them learning that, feelings are normal or they're you know that they it, there's not we need to get rid of that negative connotation when it comes to feelings right and and just mental illness in general i think it's way more normal than we than we think it is you know yeah you know luke, luke turned uh luke turned hope into a really powerful message and it's just help one person every day and that is something that he lives by yes. every single day. I try to do it. Um, I'd be honest, he's better at it than I am. Um, <laughs> but that's just what, if we can get kids thinking that way, um, you know, we're going to be in a lot better place. Yep, absolutely. Well, I think you guys are so incredible, and I love what you're doing. 
And I know that it's just going to continue to grow and grow and help kids. And I think this is a it's programs like this that are truly going to make a difference in our world. So thank you guys so much for sharing your story. And uh, hopefully you can get a few more kids to Camp Polo this year. Thank you for joining this edition of Not The Way I Planned. If you liked what you heard, you can find more at notthewayiplanned.com as well as Not The Way I Planned on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.